Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 182 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you will get $10 off of your next order. And got to start today with some sad news. Unfortunately, yesterday, the death of Dale Howardchuck, he passed away at the age of 57 and just an NHL legend. Everyone who talked to him in his last couple days said he was at peace, but still, uh, he's just gone far, far too soon. He had been the coach of the Barry Colts of the Ontario Hockey League from 2010 to 2019 before stepping away for health reasons, which were later revealed to be cancer. Uh, Just a phenomenal career overall, though. Played for the Jets, Sabres, Blues, and Flyers. He was the Rookie of the Year in the NHL in 1982. He made it to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in his career with the Philadelphia Flyers in 1997. That was actually the the last season of his playing career, and they actually beat the Rangers en route to the finals that year. They took down the Rangers in five games in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then uh, they got swept by the Detroit Red Wings. So at least he got to the finals in his last season there. But again, just a phenomenal career, Uh, 1,188 career games. 518 goals, 891 assists, a total of 1,409 points. And in another 97 playoff games, he had 30 goals and 69 assists in those games. He was elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame in his second year of eligibility in 2001. And again, you know, you go on social media, you see all the chatter surrounding Dale Howarchuk, and you see nothing but positive things. You know, people just heaping praise on Howarchuk, uh, just what a great player he was, what a great person he was, and he's certainly going to be missed. Again, just gone way too soon and always very, very sad uh, whenever we lose a legend of NHL hockey. I do want to get back to our top 10 countdown here today. If you missed our last episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that now because what we're going to do is we're going to pick up right where we left off in the last episode, counting down the top 10 best Ranger victories of this past season. We did 10 through 6 in our most recent episode. So again, if you have not heard that one, definitely recommend that you start there. And we're going to pick up, like I said, right where we left off with number 5 here. And number 5 is going to take us back to January 9th. Tony D'Angelo turns in a 5-point performance. He gets a hat trick and picks up a pair of assists in a 6-3 to win against the Devils. Now listen, anytime a player gets 5 points in one night, it's definitely a special game, it's a special performance, but for a defenseman to do it is just crazy. And so this game was obviously very unique for that reason, and that's kind of why it ranks so high on our list here. Now the Rangers, they won it fairly comfortably, although I shouldn't really say that because it was tied at 3 at one point in the second period. It's not like the Rangers just ran away in a laugher here. This was a competitive game. The Rangers pulled away late. But yeah, I mean, let's not bury the lead here. The story was definitely Tony D'Angelo. He had a hand in all five of the Rangers' first five goals of this game. Uh, Panarin opened the scoring in the first period, but D'Angelo made a great pass from behind the net to set up Panarin in the right circle. Panarin one times at home. Later in the first period, D'Angelo scores a goal of his own to give the Rangers a 2-1 lead. The Rangers were just kind of working the puck around the perimeter. Eventually, Zibanejad dishes to D'Angelo in the high slot. D'Angelo just one-times it right into the twine there, gives the Rangers a 2-1 lead. And then the Rangers go up 3-1. This is still in the first period, by the way. A lot happening here in this first period. D'Angelo sets up Chris Kreider. Uh, This is a fairly unconventional assist, but a brilliant play nevertheless from Tony D'Angelo. So the Rangers are on the power play. D'Angelo has the puck behind the Ranger net. He skates out in front and basically just shoots the puck all the way down the ice. And he did this realizing that Kreider could beat the icing call, which is exactly what Kreider did. Uh, The puck bounced off the boards behind the devil net, came back in front to Chris Kreider, and Kreider scores from the doorstep. So just a crazy rink-long pass 
from D'Angelo to set this whole thing up, and it was great. As soon as Chris Kreider scored, uh, he kind of pointed back up the ice to D'Angelo, just acknowledging what a brilliant pass that was from Tony D'Angelo. Uh, just a great goal here for the Rangers, and they go up 3-1. to one. Uh, We'll jump ahead here to the second period. Uh, the game is now tied at 3, so the Devils have rallied a little bit. And Stahl makes a pass across the blue line to D'Angelo. D'Angelo basically just moves in and to his right a little bit, lets it fly, scores, gives the Rangers the lead 4-3 at that point. And really, if you're Tony D'Angelo at this point in the game, you clearly have the scoring touch on this night. There wasn't anything that looked that incredible about this shot, but he just put the puck at the net and it went in. And listen, when you're hot, you're hot. And Tony D'Angelo uh, clearly feeling it on this night. He picks up his second goal of the game to this point, and the Rangers now up 4-3. to three. And then less than three minutes later, the Rangers are on the power play, still up 4-3. to three. It's actually the tail end of a 5-on-3 advantage for the Rangers. The 5-on-3 expires, but before the fourth New Jersey player could jump back into the play. D'Angelo scores a goal to give the Rangers a 5-3 to three advantage. So the Rangers, some really nice puck movement here. They get it to Tony D'Angelo, and he shoots and scores top shelf. That's the hat trick. That's five points. The Rangers up 5-3 to three at that point in the game. Again, what else can you say? It was just an outstanding individual performance by Tony D'Angelo on this night. And then the Rangers go on to win 6-3. to three. Jesper Foss scoring the only goal of the third period. He pads the Ranger lead a little bit, makes it 6-3. to three. That was the final score. And that was actually the only Ranger goal that Tony D'Angelo did not have a hand in. As far as some other highlights, another three-point night for Artemi Panarin because, of course... One goal and two assists for the Breadman. Kreider with a goal and an assist. And Mika Zibanejad and Ryan Strom, each with a pair of helpers. So just a nice team win here. Another fun fact, this was actually Igor Shesterkin's second game with the Rangers. Just two days before this, uh, he debuted against the Colorado Avalanche and picked up the win in that game. So he picks up another victory here and another solid performance, stopping 46 of 49 shots to lead the Rangers to the win and shutting the Devils down for the second half of the second period and the entirety of the third period. And really, this was just kind of the exclamation point on what was a superb breakout season for Tony D'Angelo. He's one of those guys that just seems to improve every season. Uh, still just 24 years old. Crazy to think how much better he can continue to get. I did an episode not too long ago that took a look at the eight Ranger free agents. Tony D'Angelo was one of them. I'm not as convinced as a lot of other people that D'Angelo will be back with the Rangers next season, just because I think the Rangers uh, are pretty stocked as far as two-way defensemen are concerned. You've got Adam Fox, you've got Jacob Truba already making their presence felt, certainly Fox, especially Fox, on the Rangers roster. And you've got other guys that are coming down the pipe in Ke'Andre Miller and Nils Lundqvist. So I don't know that the Rangers would break the bank to necessarily hang on to Tony D'Angelo, but they certainly could. And if they do hang on to him, uh, I won't put up too much of an argument. I mean, again, he's somebody I think that the Rangers could afford to let walk, but at the same time, I'm not going to be pushing him out the door. And if the Rangers could come up with a new contract for Tony D'Angelo, I'm totally cool with that. And performances like this just kind of reinforce uh, that he is definitely an emerging star in this league. I mean, he's still a little bit rough around the edges. There's some areas of his game that he could work on, but this was a brilliant performance on this night. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is even more delicious than ever. It's got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Those are the new ones to go along with the 12 original flavors, my personal favorites, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, and German chocolate. You really can't go wrong with any of those. They are absolutely delicious. They are covered 100% in chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. And the best part, they're healthy. They are great for anyone who is health conscious. You can lose or maintain weight while in 
indulging in an absolutely delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get $10 off of your next order. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Let's jump up to number four. We're going to go back to November 7th. Henrik Lundqvist turns back the clock, which is an absolutely brilliant performance against the Carolina Hurricanes in Carolina, a 4-2 Ranger win. The King comes up with 45 saves on 47 shots. Now, you could argue that this might not be the best Lundqvist game to include on this list because, you know, Lundqvist had a shutout against the Red Wings. There were a couple of games where he allowed only one goal, and I hear you, but this was Lundqvist at his absolute best. Just vintage Hank. He was under a never-ending barrage of shots, and he stood on his head for this team, again, stopping 45 of the 47 shots that he faced, and the Rangers needed every single one of those saves because, yeah, they won by two goals, but Fox scored an empty netter with 125 remaining, so if just one more shot would have gotten past Lundqvist, this game would have been tied late in the third period, and who knows what could have happened. The Rangers may not have gotten this win. This was also a game where the Rangers were outshot by a 47-19 to margin, and yet they come away with the 4-2 win, and Lundqvist was the number one reason why that happened. Probably fair game to say overall that the Rangers were outplayed in this game. Definitely in the first period, the rink was kind of tilted. The Rangers were really back on their heels, and then Artemi Panarin, with about 30 seconds remaining in the first period, he finally opens the scoring. You know, Lundqvist really kept the Rangers in this game early. Uh, there was a play where, you know, Jesper Foss, Ryan Strom, both working tremendously hard behind the Canes net to maintain possession of the puck, and then Strom dishes in front to Artemi Panarin. Panarin scores from the doorstep, so just a big, big goal in this game because the Rangers, to this point, had mostly been dominated, and yet they're going to go into the first intermission with a one to nothing lead. Canes tie the game in the second period, but Brandon Lemieux scores a power play goal late in the second to put the Rangers on top to stay. D'Angelo took a shot from the point, and Lemieux just with a great deflection to beat Peter Morozik. And then Philip Hedl makes it 3-1 to early in the third period. Uh, Bushnevich made a brilliant play here. He stole the puck in the Carolina zone. He drives hard to the doorstep, coming across the crease. He kind of lost control of the puck, but Hedl was there to stuff at home. The Canes... Do cut the lead to 3-2 to two with about four minutes left, but Fox seals the win with an empty netter. And again, just a phenomenal vintage performance from Henrik Lundqvist. And you know, it's funny because I'm sitting here, we're doing this top 10 countdown. We talked about Tony D'Angelo a lot. You know, he was the main reason why the Rangers came away victorious in the number five entry on this top 10 list. And now Henrik Lundqvist, the main reason why the Rangers got the win in the number four entry here. And you realize, you know, Neither one of these guys is a lock to be back with the Rangers, and it kind of makes you wish a little bit more, at least for me, that they're going to be back next season. Uh, we'll see. You know, both those players, it could go either way. They're obviously at different points in their career, but we'll see. I mean, it's one of those situations where either or both of them could be back or perhaps neither of them could be back. It's going to depend uh, on what the Rangers opt to do with their goalie situation. You know, does Alex Georgiev re-sign with the Rangers? He is a restricted free agent. If he doesn't re-sign, does that open the door for the Rangers to bring back Henrik Lundqvist for the last year of his contract? And with Tony D'Angelo, could come down to what kind of offers he gets out there because, again, he is a restricted free agent. The Rangers will have an opportunity to match any offer, but we'll see if he stays within their price range and if the Rangers decide to kind of splurge a little bit on Tony D'Angelo. But Lundqvist was just the man in this game. You go back and watch some of these highlights. You get a juggling glove save. You get a kick save on a deflection. You get a couple of point-blank stops. You get a sprawling save on an odd man rush. Uh, every kind of save you could ask your goalie to make in a game, Henrik Lundqvist made it. And again, the number one reason why the Rangers came away with two points on this November night in Carolina. 
We're up to the top three here, and the bronze medal is going to go to the Rangers' 4-3 overtime victory against the Islanders at the Coliseum on February 25th. This was the eighth consecutive road victory for the New York Rangers. The streak would eventually reach nine, but by this point in the season, the Rangers have won two out of three against the Islanders. They won the first two, but the Islanders had won the most recent matchup. This is going to be the fourth and final meeting, and at this point, if you're the Rangers, if you're a fan of the Rangers, you don't want to settle for a season split. You want to take three out of four here, and the Rangers did exactly that. They definitely made things interesting. We'll get into that in just a second. Or in fact, let's get into it right now. The one thing that was kind of working against the Rangers in this game, as far as its placement on the list, the one thing that you could uh, kind of count against it is the fact that the Rangers were up 3-1 to one with less than six minutes remaining in regulation. So they kind of blew it, to be honest. But, you know, the Islanders, they get a goal from Jordan Eberle and then another goal from Brock Nelson. The Nelson goal came with just 18 seconds remaining. But you know what? The Islanders, they're a good team, as much as some of us may not want to admit that. The Rangers hung in there. Momentum was not on their side going into the overtime period, but it did not matter. Just a brilliant play by Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad with Zibanejad scoring just 28 seconds into the overtime period. Uh, Panarin got control of the puck with a steal at his own blue line, and he just zips right up the middle of the ice with some speed. All three Islanders on the ice, they all converge on Panarin, and they kind of force him to veer to his right. So they neutralize Panarin, and they're all over him, but he's able to pass back to his left to Mika Zibanejad, who is all alone right in the center of the ice, the high slot. Zibanejad approaches the loose puck. He winds back and just tattoos a slap shot into the twine to give the Rangers a overtime win, a thrilling overtime win. Varlamov had absolutely no chance to stop this shot, so the two superstars on the Rangers link up in overtime, and they get it done against a division rival. A big, big win here for the Rangers as they were trying to chase down a playoff spot, and it's funny because Tony D'Angelo was out there as well during this play, but he was smart enough. He saw Mika Zibanejad coming up, and he was going to take the shot. He just let Zibanejad do exactly that, but it's funny because if Zibanejad wasn't there, D'Angelo probably could have gotten to the puck and, uh, you know, taken a shot, maybe skated the puck in deep and taken a shot because he was moving uh, to his left there. But yeah, all three Islanders were all over Panarin, so really the entire uh, center portion of the ice was left unguarded, and like we said, you know, Zibanejad just unleashes a howitzer, goes into the net, the Rangers win in overtime. So that was the ending of the game, but this was just a great game in general. Another old-school Ranger-Islander rivalry-type game. Uh, Panarin opened the scoring in the first period after receiving a really nice cross-ice pass from Ryan Lindgren. Lindgren really made a nice play on this. Uh, he moved up from the blue line to find a passing lane, got the puck over to Panarin, and made it one nothing. did Artemi Panarin. Uh, Greg McKaig scored on a deflection to make it 2 nothing. The Rangers later went up 3-1 to one on a deflection by Brett Howden. And another strong goaltender performance. That seems to be a theme with a lot of the games that we're seeing on this list here. Uh, this one came from Alex Georgiev. He made 42 saves on 45 shots. The Rangers got outshot again, 45 to 28 in this game, but they just found a way to get it done, which was really becoming a theme by this point in the season. They just kept finding ways to win and just a brilliant, exciting victory. Again, I know they blew the two-goal lead kind of late in the third period, but they hung in there. They got the win. They got two points when they really needed it. Uh, just a thrilling victory against a division rival. Great, great performance by the Rangers here and the two superstars coming through in the clutch in overtime. So just great stuff all around here for the Rangers. Jumping up to number two, we're going to go back to November 23rd, the four-goal comeback in Montreal. The Rangers falling behind 4 nothing to the Canadians early in this one, going on to post a 6-5 to victory, just a thrilling comeback. Now, 
This was a big win because coming into this one, the Rangers had lost three out of four, and that included the 9-3 debacle against the Lightning in Tampa Bay. So this was just a great never-say-die team performance. You're on the road. You're in hostile territory. Nothing is going your way early in the game. The Rangers are behind 4-0 less than three minutes into the second period. But you know what? The sooner you fall behind, the more time you have to catch up. And the Rangers came soaring back in this one. It was spearheaded by Brennan Lemieux. This is the game I always talk about. He looked like Rocky Balboa at the end of Rocky IV by the end of this game because, you know, he got the Broadway hat. He's got the towel draped over his shoulders in the locker room. He's got this just nasty shiner under his one eye. He's got cuts. He's got bruises. There's blood. I mean, everything. You know, he, he looked like Rocky Balboa after going 15 rounds with Ivan Drago. But yeah, just a very resilient performance by the Rangers in this one. Uh, they're down 4 nothing in the second period, and they get back into the game on a goal by Philip Heedle. Uh, the Rangers zip in on the rush. Shea passes to his left to Artemi Panarin, and Panarin goes cross-ice to Heedle, who one-times at home, so the Rangers are on the board. Brett Howden then with a centering pass to his left to Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich goes right to the net, just right up the center of the ice. Couple of moves, and he scores from the doorstep. Buchnevich kind of lost control of the puck, but it bounced off of a Canadian and into the net, so a little bit of a fortuitous bounce there for the Rangers, and it's now 4-2. And then Brandon Lemieux scores on a deflection. Adam Fox took a shot from the high slot, and Lemieux was there to redirect it home. So it's 4-3, and it's still the second period. A lot has happened in the game to this point. And the Rangers scoring three goals in a short amount of time, less than four minutes here. So, I mean, you talk about just blinking, and all of a sudden you're right back into the game. Unfortunately, Early in the third period, the Canadians score to make it 5-3, to three, but the Rangers get it back just 30 seconds later when Panarin receives a pass from Kreider and scores from the doorstep. Uh, just a beautiful behind-the-back pass by Chris Kreider here to set up Panarin. Panarin's not going to miss from that spot on the ice. And just like that, it's 5-4. to four. The Rangers still trailing by one goal, and then they're shorthanded but Brennan Lemieux scores shorthanded on a strong drive to the net. He just was not going to be denied here. He was like a bull charging to the net. Uh, scores off of a pass from Brett Howden, and then basically kind of tripped over Carey Price and went flying almost into the boards there. Uh, just went sailing, basically. Kind of went airborne after scoring this goal. But that's another thing here. The Rangers did this against Carey Price, one of the best goalies in hockey for, you know, the last five years, the last seven years, however far you want to go back, wherever you want to draw the line, uh, one of the absolute best. And the Rangers coming from behind by four goals against one of the elite goalies in hockey. And then the Rangers finally take their first lead of the game after Ryan Strom wins an offensive zone draw. And Jacob Truba sneaks a shot through traffic and into the net. That comes with about eight minutes remaining. And something else that I can really appreciate about this game, about this victory for the Rangers, is that it wasn't really a superstar-driven comeback here. You know, Mika Zibanejad was out of the lineup because he had an injury. And four of the six goals came from either a bottom six forward or a defenseman. I mean, we did have Panarin, you know, he had a goal and an assist, but that's just par for the course for him. And really, it was cool to see guys like Lemieux and Heedle and even Buchnevich and Jacob Truba. You know, they're the guys lighting the lamp. They're the guys spearheading this comeback. So really cool to see the Rangers. Uh, you know, we talked about how the Rangers... At times, it can feel like they lack a little bit of depth, but the depth was on display here. Got some secondary scoring from some uh, sources that you would not necessarily expect to get the scoring from. Most notably, of course, Brian Lemieux coming through with two goals, including the the one that tied the game in the third period. Now, Alex Georgiev was in net for the Rangers. Obviously, this was not his best performance. He let up five goals on 43 shots, but he hung in there, and he avoided being pulled early in this game despite giving up four goals in the first 23 minutes of the contest, and he actually did make some really nice saves down the stretch because when Jacob Truba scored, there was still about eight minutes to go in this game, and Georgiev allowed the Rangers to hang on and get this win, and if he doesn't do that, then this comeback isn't possible, and this game 
could have gotten really out of hand in the early goings. So, you know, Georgiev really hanging in there, allowing the Rangers to come away with two points in Montreal. But the Rangers at this point of the season, they're still kind of finding themselves... And the analogy that I always go back to to describe the Rangers' play in the first half of the season is that it's basically like playing roulette. We talked about in our last episode how in the month of November alone, you know, the Rangers are losing to teams like the Panthers and losing twice to the Senators and getting killed 9-3 by the Lightning, but then they're also beating good teams like the Capitals and like the... Penguins and like the Hurricanes twice and of course this brilliant comeback being down 4 nothing, coming back and winning at 6-5 to five. so again you know the Rangers they had yet to play their best brand of hockey at this point in the season but they are kind of establishing that tone establishing that never say die attitude that all of us saw throughout the season that all of us came to know and love so much as this season progressed. It was really on display in the second half of the season when the Rangers really made their playoffs surge. So again, just a very resilient effort here by the Rangers and very cool to see players like Brandon Lemieux, like Philip Hedl, like Pavel Buchnevich, like Jacob Truba, the secondary guys uh, scoring goals for the Rangers, leading this comeback, making this comeback possible, and then hanging on for the win. Just a great win for the Rangers. We go to number one, the gold medal. This occurred on March 5th. A lot of you have probably already figured it out what it is by now, but yeah, Mika Zibanejad scoring five goals to lead the Rangers to a 6-5 to overtime victory against the Washington Capitals at Madison Square Garden. A great piece of trivia about this game is who scored the other Ranger goal on this night, and I actually somehow remembered. I, I thought it was maybe Tony D'Angelo, and I was right. He scored the Rangers' only other goal, but the other interesting thing here to me is that this happened a lot closer to the pause than I remember. This is actually the Rangers' uh, second-to-last win of the regular season before everything ultimately went on pause. It was less than a week later where the season was paused, along with you know the NBA and basically the entire world uh, being shut down for a while there. But Now, look, if you're a hockey purist, uh, maybe this isn't your favorite win of the season. The Rangers did give up five goals. They allowed the Capitals to tie the game late. The Rangers were kind of team anti-structure on this night. But the way I see it, we watch sports to be entertained, and this was just a very entertaining hockey game. One of the most entertaining games all season, not just for the Rangers, but for the entire league. It was back and forth the entire way. Neither team ever led by more than a goal. But again, let's not bury the lead here. This was the Mika Zibanejad show. Five goals. And I've talked about this before, but two things that make this, for me, an especially impressive performance by Mika Zibanejad. And first of all, any five-goal game, is absolutely an incredible performance. But two things that really stand out to me are A, the diversity of the goals he scored, and B, the fact that the Rangers needed every single one of them. Because, you know, typically, if your team has a player that scores five goals, the game is going to be a laugher. You're probably going to win six to one or seven to two or something like that. It could be one of those nights where the opposition just doesn't show up, but that was definitely not the case here. This was a fiercely contested hockey game between two rivals, the Rangers going up against one of the best teams in hockey, and they absolutely needed all five of Mika Zibanejad's goals. And on top of all that, the Rangers just really needed a win coming into this meeting because they had lost three in a row before this. Again, we're into March here, and the Rangers are trying to track down a playoff spot. So this was absolutely huge to get this win here. Mika basically just said, jump on my back. I've got us tonight. I'll take care of everything. And again, the diversity of the goals. I touched on it just a second ago, but really think about it. 
He scored on a power play. He scored on a deflection. He scored on a delayed penalty where he was the player who got tripped. He scored on a slap shot. He scored on a tap-in goal from the doorstep. He scored very early in the third period. He scored very late in the third period. He scored to tie the game. He scored to give the Rangers the lead. He scored off a rebound. He scored on a rush. He scored on a breakaway, and he scored in overtime to win the game. Now, some of those obviously apply to the same goal, but he did all of those things in one game. It's just it's just insane to think about. And here's another crazy stat. Of his five goals, uh, four different players collected the primary assist on the play, so it didn't even matter who he was out there with. Uh, Panarin had two of the assists, including the overtime game winner. Adam Fox had a primary assist on one of Zibanejad's goals. Pavel Buchnevich had a primary assist. Capo Caco had a primary assist. Zibanejad was just absolutely on fire. And after this night, I don't think anyone could argue that Mika isn't an elite superstar in this league because this performance ran his goal total to 38. Just an absolutely unreal night at the Garden for Mika Zibanejad and punctuated by just a great play in overtime. The puck is loose near the Ranger blue line. Uh, Panarin goes back to retrieve it. He's kind of playing possum, it seemed like, because he very casually went to the puck, and as soon as he got there, he just throws the puck up the ice, springs Mika Zibanejad on a breakaway. Zibanejad makes that move where he pulls the puck to his backhand, roofs it, game over. Goalie had no chance. Rangers win. Just an absolutely awesome win. And really, I don't see how I could put anything else besides this in the number one spot. Mika Zibanejad with five bleeping goals. So just crazy stuff. And I hope everybody has enjoyed this countdown over the last two episodes. You know, I know that the season obviously ended on a bitter note, getting swept out of the playoffs by the Carolina Hurricanes. The Rangers just never really able to put their best foot forward in that series. I thought game three was definitely their best performance, but you get swept. That's that's a tough way to go out. And Again, getting swept by a team that I think a lot of us thought the Rangers could beat in the qualifying round. But be that as it may, there were a lot of big-time highlights this season, a lot of players uh, continuing their development, continuing to grow, continuing to improve, and we saw a lot of that here on this Top 10 Countdown. So I really had a lot of fun putting this list together. I hope you guys had a lot of fun kind of uh, reliving some of the best moments of the Rangers season. And, hey, rankings are always fun, and maybe uh, somewhere down the road here in the Ranger offseason we'll do some other kind of countdown. We'll, we'll see what comes up. But uh, that's going to do it for today. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, then please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, it is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.